Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Can't get enough of the fan in the morning? Shown up. Because this is nothing like that. Working. Al and Jerry are here with stories they'd never get to cover on the morning show. Very sexy robot. Hey, look at that pig. Shenanigans. Naked yoga. My mother had a bad experience with these ghosts. Let's hump the fence. It's Al and Jerry's post-game podcast. It is podcast time. Jerry Recco is in Dallas, or he was in Dallas, at the Cowboys game yesterday. CeeLo joined me on the warm-up show. Eddie Scazzeri joins me on the post-game podcast. Welcome, Eddie. Hello, podcast people. Eddie, there is a buzz about WFAN today. It is a Steve Summers' final on-air appearance that we know of. Uh, he's coming in from 1 to 2 today. It is a ten, almost 10.30 as we tape this. There are balloons, there are signage, there are people about, there is a buzz amongst people. There are people here who haven't been here since the coronavirus hit, and uh, they're all here to pay tribute, I guess, to Mr. Steve Summers, uh, an original? Yes. So meaning he was here on day one when the radio station signed on? And before day one. Before like day all one. The, all the meetings gearing up to the launch oh, and all okay. that stuff. Yeah. All right. Uh, how old of a fella is he now? Do we know? Oh, my God. He's got to be... Uh, 70? Yeah, close. All right. And uh, saying goodbye. Now, I heard him uh, calling to Carton and Roberts Friday. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Saturday morning, I went to the WFAN Digital and listen to uh, a couple of segments of his opening, his uh, talking about the, th- the things. And uh, I was uh, saddened by it mm-hmm. in in that it feels like a uh, an era of radio is going away. You know, Mike left, mm-hmm. right? Joe Beningo left. Mm-hmm. Steve Summers leaving. Yes. You know, and just also when I look around at radio, like Howard Stern is not Howard Stern, what he used to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, even, you know, listen, Jim Rome is with the company. Jim Rome, the show Jim Rome does now is not the show that I fell in love with. Right. I've been listening to old Phil Hendry shows. Like, there's just this era of radio gone by that I feel like this is another one of those guys going. Absolutely right. It is, uh, it's sad. Yeah. Um, I don't know if the younger generation cares about that sort of thing anymore. I, I guess they don't in enough numbers to make it, uh, you know, these guys stay and keep doing what they've been doing. But, yeah, it is a sad, sad day. Well, you know, my theory on play-by-play guys, I want them out at 65, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? So I do understand sometimes that the next generation has to get their shot at Mm -hmm. uh, being able to do things. Uh, But you worked with Steve for how many years? Uh, Well, I worked with him on the overnight from November of 
91, or right after Thanksgiving, I think of 91 until March of 93. Okay. And then I moved to the midday with the Lupica and Berman disaster uh, that became then just uh, Lupica and then Berman, and then it was just Lupica, and then he left, and that was a whole mess. And then Russ Salzberg came in, did a solo show for a year about, and then he was paired with Steve, and it was the sweater and the schmoozer, which lasted for seven years. And you were on that show? I was the producer of that Okay, show, so you yes. did a, a probably 10 years total or somewhere Close. near there yeah, with yeah, Steve. Eight, eight and a half, at least. Now, one of the things I got, uh, the from what I know of Steve, and I only, I've only i met him a few times mm-hmm. over the years I've run into him, uh, always super pleasant, mm-hmm. always super nice, always complimentary, overboard compliment, like just a super nice guy. But it reminds me, like you've said, he's difficult to work with at times. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were guys in other buildings where I've worked where when I worked with the host, they were tough to work with because they were demanding. Yes. And everyone else who didn't work with them but worked in the building thought, this is the greatest. It must be so fun to work on mm-hmm. this show. But Steve uh, had some people that had a hard time working with. You said you hit it off with them early, though. Yeah, we, we whatever for whatever reason, you know, I, I mean, I, I think I have a pretty easygoing personality, so I can get along with uh, most everyone, and there'll be things that might annoy or annoy people or make other people angry or distraught, which just kind of rolled off my back, so that wasn't an issue. And I think once he saw that maybe it was uh something that just clicked with us but there were many people many of the greats were difficult to work with mike sometimes was difficult to work with imus was difficult to work with howard i'm sure at times right difficult to work with and i I don't know you know and, and certainly mike and imus and i don't know about howard but you know they didn't have the greatest reputation amongst the other staff uh, either um, and I think many of the, the greats are, are like that. That is part of what makes them great. Yeah, I think what Gio said today during Boomer and Gio's show was that he wanted everything to be perfect, so he would get annoyed if something wasn't perfect. I also feel like I feel like over all these years, he's worked with so many people mm-hmm. because of the shifts he was working, you know, overnights, nights, uh, that you would get inexperienced guys in and out, uh, part-timers, interns. Constantly. Constantly, and it's so hard. So when he if he can connect it with someone like you, as he did, and uh, uh, he had mentioned you on Carton and Roberts. Craig asked him who was his favorite producer that he worked with, and mm-hmm. he did say you. Oh, really? Yeah. I meant oh. to uh, text you that when I heard that Friday. I was letting the dog out, and I forgot. Yeah, it happens. So here it is now. He did well, say thank he, you. He mentioned, and thank you, Steve. He mentioned you. Um so I, I, I think that's part of it, too. Like, every time you come in here, if you've got a different person you're working with who doesn't know your rhythm of when he wants the sound bites hit. Mm-hmm. And was yeah. there a... Did you do show prep with him, or how did you... Did he do his own thing, and you just kind of roll with what he was doing? Uh, all the good stuff was just like it is with us now, with, uh, you know, Boomer and Geo, and like it was with Boomer and Carton. For the most part, the scripted stuff sucks. Now the the stuff that like we're involved with and yeah, uh, but there were with Steve. Of course, he had his opening monologue, which is scripted, but was very good. But the best stuff was just the stuff that just happened naturally, yeah, on the fly. Now we did production pieces, but they were short, 
and then those some of those were very good but i thought the magic and the, the best part was just stuff that happened live would he write that monologue here or would he show up with it uh he would back in our uh, my day with him he would write it here at the station he'd get a desk and a yellow legal pad yeah, and... he was upstairs in the old well you were this was you were in astoria not for long but there in the second floor, it used to just be two floors before it expanded to four. Uh, you know, there was an upstairs little coffee area. And oh, yeah. And he write his uh, ad libs up there. But you didn't, <laughs> you would never, that was gone by the time you were there. I remember there was some coffee room when I, upstairs. Not on the second floor, I don't think. Yeah, there was one, there was a coffee room up on one of the floors where that's all it had in it was like a coffee. Yeah thing that, that yeah might have been, that was the third floor where the third floor where the entrance was yeah 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 yes third floor mm-hmm. yeah that I, I barely remember that building yeah and i i was there for 20 years wow and it's like it's a dim memory and where you've been here since 09 correct so however many that is 12 so would steve ever come to you at times when he didn't have an idea for the monologue or did he always oh no monologue never Never, that was that, always his own solo that was thing. All, all him, always. Yeah, and I'm, you know, it was so long ago. Um, we used to have, well, and when we were together with Russ and Steve, the sweater and the schmoozer, there was more because it was a little more structured, a little more, you know, serious sports talk. So there were more of those kind of boring discussions. Yeah, you know that uh, just basic stuff like what do we want to talk about? What do we want to lead with that sort of thing, but. Nothing super heavy. And and who did you replace to become his producer at night when he was in the overnight? Uh, that was Bill Rodman, I think. Was it Bill? Yeah, I think it was Bill Rodman. And then when you were leaving to take the a midday shift, mm-hmm. did you have to go to Steve and say, "Hey, Steve, I got this opportunity. It's a better hours for me." No, they just they, it just happened. Yeah, you know, I, he knew what was going on. Was he upset? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. And I think a guy he fought with all the time, Rob Tepper, who went on to success in Seattle. Oh, yeah. Uh, um, he he was his next producer, I'm pretty sure. It was Rob Tepper. After you. And then it was Sweeney Murdy, believe it or not. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He hated Tepper. He liked Sweeney a lot. Hated <laughs> Tepper. Hated him. And then he must have been happy to reunite with you in the middays. Yes, Correct. Do you think Steve is more of a nighttime guy, though? Oh, for sure, hundred percent. Yeah, there's certain people like on the air that are seem like morning people. There's certain people that feel like nighttime people. Mm-hmm. That was one of the weird things when I when they were putting David Lee Roth on to replace Howard Stern. I was like, this guy is a nighttime guy. He's, He's got a yes. nighttime vibe, mm-hmm. rock and roll. You know, like there are certain guys that are night time voices mm-hmm. and are best heard in the dark yes and, and for steve i think that his it's not even the evenings i think the overnight was the best place for him yeah and his best shows who is better fitted for the overnight uh he or joe beninga uh no joe did a great job uh, had great success but in my personal opinion and it's almost just because of the his style and the tone of his voice is it's summers. Yeah. In my opinion. And then, uh, he, he, like everybody else, he had to do the shows from home during COVID, mm-hmm. yeah. which seems odd for someone who's been, who's probably not super tech savvy. Right. 
right an older gentleman who's been coming into the studio mm-hmm. um, did you have you did you talk to him during that period or did you really only see him or talk to him when you saw him here over the years over the well since i've been on the morning show which has been since you know 2007 yeah uh i really didn't have that much crossover with him uh i used to stay a lot later as you recall when i was doing scheduling and there would be those really bad days when i'd be here when he showed up (laughs) then i knew it was time for someone to (laughs) shoot me um when he was working nights yes the the seven o'clock yeah But, and then he would be in occasionally, you know, very rarely during the day when I would see him. But, uh, yeah, didn't have a lot of interaction. And there was a few times during the COVID situation where his line cut out. And if it wasn't Flegelman, and if it was somebody else filling in, they would come to me in a panic. And then I would have to help them reconnect and yeah. say, hey, Steve, you know, we got you, whatever. So, And every time I feel like that I've seen Steve over the years, he's in like a black turtleneck. Mm-hmm. Was that always his costume? Yeah. Well, he had he had some periods of time there. We had a very unique costume, shall yeah. we say, where it was literally the same shirt with holes in it for you know, two <laughs> weeks. But uh, you know, ever when he got married, he kind of cleaned up that part of it. Uh, that got better. Did you know him as a single man? Uh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Was he a ladies' man at uh, at any point? Uh, I think back in his TV days, yeah, absolutely. Because so he, he was on, he was a television sportscaster in Los Angeles, first in Sacramento and San Francisco area, then in Los Angeles, and then he was uh, in Atlanta for years also. And he said uh, when, when I heard him on with Cartner Roberts that he was coming here to interview also uh, for NBC TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the time and then i don't know how he ended up connecting on uh, fan yeah i'm not sure how that all worked out uh, yeah specifically i know he was like uh brian gumbel's backup sportscaster back in la when they were both at nbc and then brian gumbel was here or the or greg gumbel was here greg greg was yeah when we first started that was before my time cause yeah i am not an original, although many people think I am. So, did you listen to Steve when you weren't when you didn't work here? Oh, before, yeah, I listened to the fan constantly. And was it odd when you first met Steve? Yeah, it was odd when I first met everybody. I was like, you know, fanboy. Yeah, uh, you know, just like this ridiculous little kid who listened to the fan and was kind of starstruck. Absolutely, yeah. Do you think Steve will get emotional today? Is he an emotional kind of guy? Um, I would. I, I'm going to say probably not. I mean, really? there's of course the all the underlying emotions that are are you know going through your mind, but you know he's a pro and can sort of compartmentalize that. So I I do not think there will be unless you know something extraordinary could happen or could be said or something could break down his defenses. But I, I think he'll he'll hold it together all right. And uh, Jerry Seinfeld's calling in today. Mm-hmm. I heard. Yeah, and there was a story that uh, well, I don't know if this is true or not that uh, the station was getting rid of Steve m- many years ago now, mm-hmm. and that Jerry Seinfeld called and screamed at Mark Chernoff. Yeah, there was a when Russ and Steve were broken up. Um, they were, I think, I think Russ was fired, and they said, "Steve, you can, you know, stay, but in a different slot." That's when he moved to the evenings. Um, so he was overnights to middays to evenings. Correct. Okay. And then there was about, you know, he was hurt and devastated and 
upset about it and there were about the sweater and the uh, schmooze uh, breakup uh, yeah about yeah basically losing his position even though i'm not exactly sure the how they offered him or what was offered to him but it, i think it was pretty clear that they said he could stay in a, a different capacity but many months went by where he was not on the air and there was i don't know he might have had talks with uh, espn radio at the time um but uh ultimately and there was a call from from jerry uh to sort of oh it was in that time yes period yeah it's that is that's the one that i'm i remember yeah i don't think there was ever another serious time when he was gonna be let go but there was he was off the air for four months maybe maybe five months six months it was a while and then he came back uh to do the evenings and I do believe there was a uh, a Jerry Seinfeld call. Yeah. Although you'd have to ask Mark about that. Well, the, I never specifically asked Mark about that, but Mark did tell a story of years after that, running into seeing Jerry Seinfeld at a diner, mm-hmm. where Mark was at a diner. Mark said on his way out, he went over to Jerry Seinfeld and introduced himself and said, I'm Mark Chernoff. I'm the guy you screamed at. Mm-hmm. And he said that Jerry pretended like he didn't know what he was talking about. <laughs> right. And the funny thing about uh, 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 Summers and Seinfeld, though, when they met in the bodega and all yes. that, um, he knew who Seinfeld was, of course, because you'd have to be, you know, living in a cave to not, at that time especially. But he was not a watcher of the, of the show at all. Uh, you know, and really wasn't, you know, Seinfeld people are hardcore. Yes. And they can quote you lines and the whole thing, but... He was not really a Seinfeld show watcher at the time. Whether or not he was even aware of the stand-up, you know, it was a different era, you know, in terms of finding, you know, yes. stand-up on, uh, you know, YouTube. That wasn't even a thing. But, uh, yeah, he was not uh, a Seinfeld show watcher. That probably was some of the appeal of why Jerry liked them. Perhaps. You know, it wasn't going to be somebody asking him a million questions about right. the soup Nazi. Exactly, right. That's what, correct. Was Steve, would you consider Steve a big sports fan or was steve a radio guy who happened into sports no i uh, knew he's definitely a sports fan. really huge growing up with the uh, san francisco giants absolutely the niners yeah yeah huge sports fan absolutely so watching the games and and being up on the games and all that was not uh a chore probably no 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 not at all no huge sports fan but was had in terms of his presentation even when he was started back in the the early days was just a sort of an eclectic, weird, goofy take on it. But for sure, a hardcore sports fan. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, so Steve would do his monologue as sort of like the setup. Mm-hmm. So if he did was doing five hours, let's say, because that's what these overnight shows yeah. are, right? So it used to be six. Oh, my God. Midnight to six. <laughs> Midnight to six. Yeah. So you do the monologue at the very top of the first hour would he ever go back to it no, no. it was a one-time deal yeah like he may like there may have been some nights or something but i, I, I would have went not, back to it at three in the morning no yeah that will that was thing exactly yeah that wasn't uh what he did we usually because the callers were so numerous and yeah we never had any issues with that did he have the uh, similar to what happens now where there's a lot of the same callers Oh, for sure. There's a, you know, your, your overnight family, if you will. Yeah. 
but uh, you know, we didn't have the software as termed like we do now. There was these were just old style phones, so. right? You didn't know who was calling until you right picked up. until you picked up and said, "How you doing?" Couldn't see their caller ID Nothing. and go, "Oh, I am not picking this phone." You're right, it was right. It was just a you know a big phone with many lines on it, and you just punched it in. I also think back then a lot more people called. Like now, I think I think the majority of the callers are older people who call mm-hmm. us. You know, and the younger fans don't call us, don't really call. Maybe right. they'll tweet us or they just listen. You know, so I think all these talk stations had a better pool of callers years ago. Yeah, and even then, the the number, the percentage of listeners who called was still a very small percent. Yeah, but it's even smaller now. I oh, now agree. it's got to be crazy. Yeah, back then they would say one or two percent, right? Right. Now right. it's going to be minuscule. Uh, yeah, it would be interesting to actually get hard numbers on that. I yeah. don't know if that's even possible. Probably not, but... Was Steve says style uh, when you first started working with him, was he ever a screamer? Uh, very, very rarely. He would get worked up occasionally, but as a general rule, absolutely not. No. Like versus Sal, who's on the overnight now, who yells at the callers. Yeah, no, no. Not combative. Like, like Steve would, would welcome and love the, like we do, the goofy caller and the strange caller and like you know that that whole yeah he really only would if somebody went at him maybe he would go back a little but he loved the the sort of goofy caller was he a guy who would reveal his personal life on the air ever uh yeah yeah where he would, would. say where he went somewhere or yeah or did something yeah no yeah not like in a sort of great detail but yeah he would definitely you know as most radio people do, yeah they will use their life experiences to sort of uh, to share with the audience for yeah. sure. And did he used to he drives a Porsche, I think, right? Like an yeah, older I think Porsche. So. Yeah. Yeah, I know. He got that I don't know, you know, I guess uh I guess you might call the near end of life crisis for him. <laughs> but that was uh, uh he's had that for like since we moved in here, I yeah. think. For sure. Yeah. But it's like, you know, it's a little little rough around the edges the Porsche. I've well, seen. it's in New York City. Yeah. It'd have to be Truth, rough around yeah. the edges. Right. So what do you think your feeling will be when you see him today and say goodbye to him? Um, will you be sad? Uh, sure. Yeah, just because it's, like you say, it's, it's you know, childhood's end in, yeah. in a way. Um, just an era that is gone forever. That sort of, you know, and, and think about how long he has been at one station in one city and he might be at the top of the list of all the radio greats to have never moved yes. from a station or a city and has been in the one station and the one city for now, however many years old we are, 34 years. So right. He might be at the top of that list. I don't know that for sure, but, you know, Howard moved, Imus moved. Um, just trying to think of some of the others, legendary you know, Bob Grant, I don't know how long his run was. Or but he was, was I think, at ABC, station. and then I, I think right. he was at OR other stations maybe. as well, yeah. But one station, 34 years. Right. Pretty good. That is a pretty good run. All right, well, we will. Uh, I will t- be tuning in at 1 o'clock for that, uh, the Steve Summers uh, Goodbye program. You're not hanging around? Hanging around? I don't want to get in the way. I didn't really work that closely with Steve. You know what I'm saying, Eddie. I guess, yeah. The Holland Tunnel is calling my name. <laughs> uh, the warm-up show with CeeLo is next. Jerry will be back from his uh, Cowboy blowout game that he uh, mm-hmm. called on the radio mm-hmm. tomorrow morning. So until then, and to Steve Summers. Yes.
What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Your official station to talk Jets. The Fan on 1019 FM and the Odyssey app. Good morning, campers. Alan Jerry. Don't worry, it's only an hour long, and most days it doesn't suck. Oh, hi there, Al Dukes here. Jerry's not here today. Don't know where he is, although I'm told this was a scheduled day off. He yes. didn't just, like, not show up. So He's see lazy. You. So CeeLo joins me. Good morning, CeeLo. Oh, good morning. No, he's not lazy. Called the Cowboy game yesterday out there in Dallas. Oh, he went to Dallas. Oh, right, right, oh, right, right, right. Yes, he did. Wow, he saw a good one. Yabba dabba doo. Yabba dabba doo. A lot almost, of excitement. I almost texted him when it was like, I don't know, 30-something to the zero or three at the half. I was going, oh, Jerry, relaxing at home. I thought he was just celebrating the Cowboys' win with a couple of cocktails and was like, you know what? I'm not coming in tomorrow. Some friend you are. He didn't even know he was calling the game this weekend. You know what? Jerry makes not a big deal out of things. Yeah, I could see that. You know what I mean? Like, he does not ever talk about himself. Jerry could have, you know, like you said, called play-by-play with the guy he grew up watching, Danny White. He doesn't even (laughs) mention it to you. Right. When when you guys all walked, he probably even gave you, ah, see you Monday. Yeah. No idea. So, oh, so Jerry was in Dallas. All right, yes. well, he saw himself a good game. Yes, he did. Uh, 29 second quarter points, a franchise record for the Cowboys yesterday. I also saw it was their first 40 point. Did they win by 40? Or did yes, they just put 43 up? to 3, right? Uh, yes, so that was their first 40 point win in a long time. Since 2000, I believe, when Troy Aikman was still the quarterback. Is that right? Yeah. That's quite a lot. Oh, they said when, when Randall Cunningham came in for Troy Aikman. Which I had no idea no, Randall okay. Cunningham was ever on the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, I think I va- very vaguely, vaguely remember right. that. Yeah. Vaguely. Back end. So, uh, CeeLo. Hi. This Jets game. Uh, uh, what? Uh, do you blame... <laughs> do we blame Mike White crashing down to earth? Or do we blame the Jets' defense for sucking so bad that we forced Mike White into four interceptions. I, I don't Your th- thoughts? I don't, I, this is my Switzerland answer. Yeah. I live up to my nickname. All right. I don't think the defense sucking forced him into four interceptions. I will say that I would lay the loss at the feet of the defense. You would. Because just imagine what kind of game Mike White and the offense would have had to play to keep up with what the Bills were doing to the Jet defense. Now, right. obviously, you can make the argument that, hey, if White and the offense move the ball a little bit more, they hang on to it, maybe the Bills don't score as many points. That's fair. But I think in order for the Jet offense to keep up with what the Bills did yesterday, it would have taken another Herculean effort from Mike White and the offense. And we know the Bills, uh, are they the best defense in the league or one of the best? Yeah, the one of the best. best. Yes, one I of think the best. statistically they were considered number one. Yeah. So it depends if you're talking points per game, yards per game. Obviously it changes week to week, but they're, they are up there for sure. So where are we now with the Mike White situation, <laughs> I wonder? Because the Jets play the Miami Dolphins next week. Yeah. What are we doing? What are we doing? What What's are we doing? With Mike what White? would you say you do? I here? sat with you two weeks ago yeah. on a Monday morning, and you had Mike White oh. fever. It was you just thought it was the greatest thing. You couldn't wait. So yeah. pumped up. He stinks. And here we are. 
He and stinks. the bloom is off the rose. Here's what I'm thinking I would do if I was Rob Sala. And the, the only similarities we have, we're both bald men who shave our heads. By the way, Rob Sala, <laughs> I saw a, an article over the weekend. He's now suing the contractors <laughs> for his house. Rob, why did you move into a... I mean, think about what's going on with it. It's his first head coaching job. Yeah. He's moving across the country, liter- literally, from San Francisco or wherever he was living, all the way to New Jersey. His wife was pregnant at the time with their whatever number kid it was. Exactly. Yeah. Why? I don't want to move into a house that needs renovations. And I'm mm-hmm. me. You're Rob Sala. Move into a house that's ready to roll. <laughs> Ready why would you worry? Why would that roll, be now roll. on your head nonstop? You're living in a hotel. You're suing the the, the, the guys uh, uh, renovating your house. Mm. Just move into a. I know where he's living in that area. There's plenty of fully renovated houses. Seems like a potential distraction. Exactly. Yes. Potential distraction. It's not like you. Did you really think you were coming here and going to be the head coach of the Jets for 10 years? Move into a house that's ready to go. Right. You're going to get this house perfect, then get fired, and then go somewhere yeah, else? Yeah, don't want to put the roots down Silly. too much. Yeah, yeah. Silly. So here's what I would do if I was Rob Sala, and I'm not. Game against the Miami Dolphins. Try not to suck. That'd that's be my a, message to the team. That's a great game plan. Mike White starts. I agree. At halftime, if it looks like garbage, <laughs> you're done. Right. And we're back to Zach Wilson, and we're back to, hey, we drafted Zach Wilson uh, this high up. we got to start him. I can't fully judge Mike White based on going against the one of the best defenses in the league. Yeah. Without, I can't toss him away right now. You get one more. I'd, I'd say to him, you get one more half. You get a half. You get a half, big fella. Here's the problem with the Zach Wilson side of it, and All this right. is just my observation. I have no idea, you know, what they're going to say this week as far as his practice status. They showed some footage of him working out before the game. I mean, to me, that did not look like a guy that was ready to step in and play. Really? Because the announcers kept going, he looked terrific. Really? And okay. Yeah. Well, that's just me then. I, I, to me, when I was watching him, it looked like I could almost see him favoring the leg a little really? bit. Really? Now, I will say... I know he had a brace on, which he normally doesn't play with the brace. Maybe that was part of it. It was, you know, he doesn't have the usual uh, mobility or flexibility that he would have because he's a guy that can move around a little bit. We know that. We've seen that. So I guess maybe give him a week to get used to it. I mean, look, they're not going to run him out there if he's not healthy. I guess what I'm saying is, is and Salah even said it after the game yesterday, well, he's still working through some things. I don't even know if he's physically ready to play. Is that right? So... That's a factor as well. So there may not be a quarterback controversy this week. I guess we'll find out. I By mean, the way, how badly did Joe Flacco not want to go and do yeah. it? But then he goes in, he throws a touchdown pass. But, like, when he came off the sideline and watching him come in, he's wearing 19. Like, you know, right, he's like, like, uh, what, I am, guess. what am I doing here? Right. Why am I here? He looked like a guy that was had been in the mall all day with his wife or girlfriend and didn't want to be there. Just like walk, yeah. just slowly Get walking out, out there, right? And then he throws a cut. What he throw two garbage touchdowns? Was it two? I thought it was one. One kind garbage of touchdown. Paying attention after they were down by four he looked, touchdowns. He looked like Gio looked at halftime. I'm sure. <laughs> Gio had I think eight beers. No, it was at, north of that. Oh, it was north. Oh, Twelve yeah. beers. I Eight think beer. 13. 13 I, beers I, fully. I okay. So he had a, a number. Of, well, you got it. at that point. That game was like out of hand immediately. Yeah. I think he might have hit eight before kickoff. I'd have to double check. On uh, that. Uh, I don't know about that. Well, he started before. Was it before 8 a.m. or 9 a.m.? He was tweeting about it. So. 
You really you were up. You don't know Jerry's in Dallas. You don't know Geo's beer account. He was tweeting about it all day yesterday. I did go to Geo's Twitter account to see where he was at during the uh, pregame, and I saw he was going to start drinking beers. It was like eight oh seven or something a.m. So that's pretty early. So you're you're doubting that he was up to yeah? Because at some point you gotta you gotta stop. Well, he didn't. At some point. Uh, let's see. On beer eight at twelve oh eight p.m. So okay, that's a full hour before kickoff. So Mike White four interceptions. That seems like a lot. Yes. Now I did see a bunch of things which you're going to hear about throughout the day about this Jets defense in particular. Historically bad. Historically bad, as they say. A number of things. I've uh, given up 175 points in the last four games, mm-hmm. which is the second most since the NFL merged. With the AFL in 1970, think about think about, think about the number of games that have been played through the decade of the 70s, the decade of the 80s, the decade of the 90s, the decade of the 2000s, the decade of the 2000s. That's five decades. Unbelievable. This is what they're doing. Historically bad. And there was the Giants nugget in there, which I'm sure you're going to get to. What's that one? You don't have that one there? I saw something. I didn't write it down because it was such an old Giants team. 2021 Jets are the first team to allow at least 45 points three times in a four-game span since the 1966 Giants. Now we're going pre-merger, Al. Right. I was born in 69. I'm 52. That's two years. 69. It's not good. I mean, and it's supposed to be a defensive head coach. They're, right. When do you think he knew it had gone south yesterday? It was pretty early. I'll tell you. Well, it was here's early. all you needed to know. First half, he's out there. The bald head is in its full full glow baldness, and shine. Full baldness. Comes out after the half. He's got the winter hat on. <laughs> that was it. Now, late in the game, he did take it off again. Is that right? But when they came out to start the third quarter and I saw that beanie on, I said, okay. He's packed it up for the day. He's had enough. <laughs> He's packing it in. Moving right along to week 11. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So that was rough. And I and I tried to do a thing yesterday where you, where I put the red zone on the, the, the main television and then I put the Jets on the iPad. Mm-hmm. Just, it was, first of all, they barely went to the Jets on the red zone. I mean, why of would course. you? Yeah. Why would you? And They'll that scored again. Game, Great. That Jet game felt so out of hand. And then... And then I heard Scott Hansen goes, uh, and there's still eight minutes left. Oh, it, it, it was eight forever. minutes left in the third yes, quarter. I thought the same thing. I looked up and I'm like, what is going on here? Like, yeah. well, this game is never ending. And Jeez. I was thinking in my head, like, now I know people pay a lot of money for tickets. I heard the caller say to Sally, you pay $60 to park, which is you've got to be an insane person to be going <laughs> to NFL games. Honestly. I don't know, man. I, I, haven't, sh- I haven't been to an NFL game with a ticket yeah. as a paying customer. In it's got to be close to ten years. You, there should be a thing though where the where Rob Sala could go to the refs and go, we we just we're good. We're gonna head home. Yeah. Running this, clock. Rest yeah, the way. This game's over. Yeah. Yeah. I know these people paid a lot for parking, and I know they paid a lot for tickets and overpriced. They, they hate us already, anyways. We're it's gonna yeah. catch uh, the bus <laughs> back to Florham Park as soon we as really we can. Should be we're time heading out. Yeah. yeah, that that should be allowed because that. All you're doing is risking injury to guys. Imagine you, you had a career-ending injury. And your boy, Mike White, got knocked out of yes. that game late. I mean, they said he was yes. fine afterwards, but yeah. Yeah, he was getting his butt kicked. That one uh, play where he, I don't know, I think they called, did they call it a forward pass eventually? And it, where he 
where they called it a, uh, I don't know if they called it a forward pass or a fumble, the one where he got hit in the arm and he just got leveled. He looked like. Well, he had the one where his arm got hit. It turned into an interception. Oh, that well. was an interception. Well, you might be talking about a separate play. But I'm talking about the one, one. Remember when the Giants played the 49ers and uh, Joe Montana was the quarterback and somebody in the Giants just. Ha- Jim Burt. <laughs> Jim Burt hammered Joe Montana and he flew in the air. That's what it reminded me of. Uh, this Mike White hit where he went fly. It, he like almost spun around. He was throwing like a rag doll around. Yeah, there. well, it was not their day. It it was not their day, no. CeeLo. Uh, so they got the Dolphins next week. I have to check. Is that game here or in Miami? That game is here. One o'clock Sunday. Yeah, I think you go Mike White, even if Zach Wilson's healthy. But you tell him, I'm giving you half. Wilson One comes half. riding in on the horse. Yeah. Third quarter. Garbage touchdowns like the game's out of hand, and everyone's like, he's back. A little, little juice, a little shot in the arm yeah. for the offense. Yeah. I like that. All right. Well, and what? We got the Giants. Uh, who do the Giants have coming up? Oh, who do they? All they have is a Monday night road game against the Bucks coming off a brutal loss yesterday oh. in Washington. Oh, my. <laughs> wow. All right. Bruce Arians said he's called his team dumb and said the interceptions were on. So he, like, Totally laced into them publicly after yes. the game. So. He said the picks were on Tom Brady. Which one of them went right off the receiver's hands. <laughs> so call BS on that. The team is stupid. The yeah. team is dumb. Tom Brady gave you a minute and 43 uh, post-game press conference. And then he hightailed it out of there. See you later. So you're right. They're ticked. Oh, yeah. And now they got the Giants. But the Giants had they, they had extra time to prepare. All I'm right. Sure they'll come up with something good. All right. The Giants had extra time to repair. So we'll look forward to that something next Monday. Something tells night. me Gronk and Antonio Brown probably be back for that one. They'll be, be ready to guess. roll. Yeah. All right. Richard Sherman hurt his calf pregame yesterday. Is he that was right? active and then they had to sit him down. So active their and secondary inactive. is a mess. Yeah. CeeLo, on the other side of the break here, is this um, something I debuted last week? And I wasn't, I didn't think it was catching on. And then a Kaplan, one of our digital guys, yeah, in the hallway, the guy Boomer just met, yeah, yeah, the guy Boomer just met yeah. in the hallway. He he said uh, that was really surprising. So he's caught on to the segment, which we're going to start doing here on Mondays. I did last week. It's called "That Was Really Surprising." And what it is, CeeLo, is we go through the NFL yesterday and the things that really surprised us i see and then like you really oversell it like so the segment really itself surprising. surprised kaplan is that is that what he no was... i think no he caught on to the like he started then watching games and thinking that is really surprising oh, so i okay. think this is going on in offices across america on zoom calls that I people see. are on this is a way for people to bond and talk about the NFL. So he's thinking through your lens exactly because i was thinking of not using it again i was like i'm not sure if it worked mm. He, the, the fact that he brought it up to me in the hallway makes me think it does. Work. I like this. So you got cool games on Fridays. Cool games on Fridays. And now you got, that was really surprising. That was really surprising on Mondays. <laughs> uh, fraudulent <laughs> five on Tuesdays. Jerry's uh, 80s rock or 80s NFL are on Thursdays. <laughs> so to say we don't have segments here, that would be incorrect. Huh. So let's take a break here. A Boomer and Geo at the top when we come back. That was really surprising. I look forward to it. All right. Take it away, Eddie Scazzeri. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. For you, CeeLo. This is back when we thought all like 80s metal was about the devil. Come on, these we guys thought, are devil worshippers. And it's not? No, no. None of these songs are about the devil. So why'd you think they were? I don't know. All this right. song is called Breaking the Law. Because you actually never took time to listen to the lyrics. No, but I loved like this 80s metal. But like I remember in school, the teachers all thought like it was devil well, music. That's a little different. You know why? Because if kids, if, if if there were troubled teens in the world, and they did something terrible, either to themselves or others. They always cited, they're like, that's because he's listening to that Judas Priest. Yeah, just blame it on the music. Blame it on the music. That's why he's listening to that Ozzy Osbourne. Easy scapegoat. Now, I mean, compared to the lyrics that go on on <laughs> popular music today, these things are nothing. I don't even understand half of the lyrics that go on in today's uh, popular music. Breaking the law, breaking the law, bam, bam, breaking the law, breaking the law. When you Teachers would, like, don't like a song, so about breaking the law. Breaking the no. law. Come on. This is when no. you would spray paint stuff to be cool. All right, Cela, let's do a new segment uh, on Tuesday, uh, Mondays that we call. Uh, that was really surprising, and I need mm. you to like oversell it. Like You'd be like, really surprised. I'll start off the first one, Cela. You know, I was really surprised when I saw the Lions and the Steelers. Nobody won that game. That was a tie game. That was so surprising. The way the by the way that game ended, CeeLo, was so surprising. And to it me. took forever. It just went on and on and on. And it kept making mistake after yes. mistake. And it was raining and wet and windy. Oh, so just surprising. Very surprising. No, what else was surprising, CeeLo, that Najee Harris, he plays for the Steelers. He had no idea a game in the NFL could end in a tie. So you know who was surprised? Najee Harris. Yes, he was he like, was. that was so surprising how that game ended at the tie. Rookie mistake. Rookie mistake. He's like, I went back on the bench. I was ready to get the, the next drive. And yeah. He told me, that's it. It's he over. thought we were doing another quarter. Yep. He was so surprised. And then I was surprised seeing that he was surprised that there was no additional overtime in the NFL. You know what? I was surprised as well. As well what to is see that? that this morning. You Very are surprised. as well? Yes. All right. Now your turn. My turn? Oh, yeah. I'm presenting. Okay. You I'll tell one. you what. You do one, I do one. You know what I was so surprised by yesterday? Yeah. That not only did Cam Newton fly to Glendale with the Panthers a couple days after re-signing with them, he scored not one, but two touchdowns on the very first two snaps that he played in. That That was was so very surprising, right? That was so surprising to me when I watched that. I was also so surprised that he immediately ripped off his helmet (laughs) and gave his team a penalty. That's right. Thinking the game was only about himself. That was so surprising to me that Cam Newton would do such a thing. Very surprising. That was really, no, it was really surprising to me, CeeLo. I'm a big Chargers fan because I'm a front runner. I was so surprised to see them lose to the loser Vikings. (laughs) That was really surprising. What is going on with the Chargers? I don't know what they're, what are we doing? That's what they are. One week they they're one team. They no, they're not. Oh. They're not who we thought they oh, were. Oh, right. We thought they were yeah. a good team. One week you think you know, and right. then you don't know, and it just it's very hard to keep up with. Yeah, so that when I saw that game and I was watching the late afternoon, that was really surprising to yes. me. Yes. You know what was really surprising What's to me? That? that the Denver Broncos, after <laughs> taking the Cowboys out to the woodshed what? a week ago, went back home against a crappy Eagles team and couldn't score any points. 
That was so surprising. CeeLo, that was really surprising. Really surprising. Because if you look at it that way, you would think then that the Eagles would be able to go and beat the Cowboys. And if that happened, that would be really surprising. Yes, so, it yeah. would. That was also really surprising how Teddy Bridgewater just let a, that, that game. They were still in that game. He throws the pick. Yeah. And had he, the guy went right past him. It was actually a, it was a fumble. A fumble. Yeah. Right. It was a completed pass fumble pickup. That's up, probably why he was like, my running back fumbled. I'm not, I'm not going to get hurt for him because he put the ball on the ground after that. It was almost like the Broncos felt like, oh, they're calling this back. It's not a real fumble. I, honestly, mm-hmm. I thought that's what was going to happen. Because when no you see the was, replay, you couldn't tell. Did he have it? Did his knee touch? What, what the heck happened? And no one chased, no one on the Broncos chased him down Darius to tackle Slay, him. Yeah. And in particular... He he went right by Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, at least uh, like trip him. He almost like take a penalty, trip him. He like dipped his shoulder and then yeah, did, it was like a dance. Move that was almost. embarrassing. Yeah, and, it was. and luckily, it's all over the internet. Yeah, he's gonna get crushed in film review today. But will he really? Probably not. You know why? Because I was looking at him later in the game. His, I mean, you want to talk? Find me a quarterback other than maybe Lamar Jackson, but Teddy Bridgewater is not Lamar Jackson. The thinnest legs you've ever like. I feel like Teddy Bridgewater just gets snapped in half, and I don't. So I'm not worried. trying to make light of the fact he had a very serious leg injury when he was with the Vikings, but I mean, there's nothing to that guy. So, but even high, if you as, just, the more we think about it, maybe the right decision. Even if for you, his career. even if you just fall down in front of him, right? Give him the old, the, the old college try. You're not like, going to get Brady hurt. Brady will do that. He'll kind of right. like an awkward, you know, old man on athletic dive kind of thing. Because that changed an the entire game. Yes. That play changed Basically the entire the game. game. Yeah. Ended the game. So that was really surprising really to see Zillow. It's really surprising when I see a team making zero effort to tackle somebody. It was really surprising to me, CeeLo, early on in these uh, 1 o'clock games that Tom Brady threw two picks in the first quarter. That was really surprising. It was really surprising. I did not see that coming either. Because I said it's only happened like two or three times in his entire career. That Washington football team, if you remember back in January, They're surprising Al, you? Wild card weekend at home against the Bucks. Taylor Heineke gave the Bucks a good game. And then he comes back. It was really surprising yeah. yesterday how he defeated the Bucks. Yes. And done ticked off Tom Brady. Yes, sir. No, it was really surprising to me, CeeLo, yesterday when I was watching and I saw that the um, that the Chargers lost, which uh, you had uh, earlier I told you how that was surprising, mm-hmm. is how the they showed the AFC West standings. I was really surprised to see everyone's essentially the same record. Yes, not a I lot mean, of a separation. Game here, there, yeah. but that's it. Very little separation. Did that surprise you at all? Uh, a little bit. A little surprising when you, you look at the numbers, actually. When you see them in front of your yeah. face like that, especially after the Chiefs went out and did uh, Chief things last night in right. Las Vegas. Oh, they dominated the yep. uh, Patrick Mahomes the Raiders. is back. The Raiders. It was also surprising yesterday, see, I was watching that Packers-Seahawks game, and the Seahawks did not score at all. And it was like the first time they were shut out in the uh, Russell Wilson, Russell era. Wilson yeah. era. So that. Was really surprising. The whole to me. game was really surprising. It that was, it was really three surprising. nothing into the fourth quarter. Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson couldn't get the ball into the end zone, other than throwing it to the other team because they both threw an interception right. in the end zone. That was really so surprising. surprising. Yes. I was also really surprised how how closely guys got to Aaron Rodgers' face as shaking hands at the end of the game. <laughs> the guy's got COVID. That was so surprising to me. You know, it was really surprising My goodness. that Aaron Rodgers did uh, his post-game Zoom instead of in-person ah, with the reporters. Ah, 
that is surprising. Really surprising. See, you know what else mm. was really surprising to me? I t- turned on the um, uh, Arizona Cardinals game, and I was not surprised that Kyler Murray wasn't playing, and I thought Colt McCoy was playing. I was really surprised when I saw the quarterback behind center was a guy named Chris Strevler. Yes. Never heard of you. Really surprising. Really surprising because Colt McCoy got his butt knocked out of the game. Yeah, what happened to him? I get, I got hurt. I don't know. Second half. I did see it was like a chest injury. Yeah. That sounds like trouble. A leg, an arm, a chest injury? Well, that's all right. He served his purpose. Gave Kyler a couple weeks off. And all, now, your, uh, all your vital parts are in there. I'm sure his vital parts are okay. Or we would have, he would have been hospitalized. We would have heard that he was there for overnight monitoring, some, something along even, those lines. Even if it's Colt McCoy, do we really? No one really cares. I mean, he's still a human being. Is Kyler Murray back next week? He better be. I would think. Because I have got. I bought a winter hat with the Cardinals logo on. I was hopping aboard the bandwagon here. What are we doing? I think so. I think they play Seattle next week, so they want to make sure he's right. ready for a big division showdown out there in oh, the NFC West. interesting. And finally, CeeLo, I found this really surprising, that Mac Jones looked better than Tom Brady. That was really surprising. Really surprising. That Barely dude, had any incomplete passes. He went up and down the field. That dude through three touchdown passes, that one where where I forget who caught it, went way up Kendrick at the goal Bourne, line. Maybe, I maybe. Don't know. Sure. Beautiful pass. The guy, back Jones threw into double coverage, up only where the receiver could get it. That was really surprising. You know what was really surprising? That, that Baker Mayfield couldn't get through another complete game. <laughs> that was really, really surprising, surprising when he went out. Yes. All right, that's the really surprising segment. I'm still not sure if it's catching on. It's a work in progress. It's a work in progress. I liked your energy, though. All right. Yeah, you know, I had to try to oversell it. It was good. You know, because it wasn't really working. This is the first well. time for me. This was what? Your second this try? Only third? second only try. Yeah. Second only try. the second okay. try. Only second try. I did it I'd imagine the, the second second installment probably went better than the first installment, right? Yeah. And then uh, I can't. It's it's much much like uh, the Mike White, Mike White situation. I can't dump it right now because I got to see how it works with Jerry again. You know what I mean? Of so course. we'll do it again next week, yes. no matter what happens. Yes. Because who knows? Now, this was interesting, not surprising. Okay. That segment's over. How, you know, the Rams signed OBJ and they play tonight. Mm-hmm. Then Robert Woods. Yes. After the signing, Non-contact. Robert Woods gets hurt. Torn ACL. In practice? Friday. That is unbelievable. So on Thursday or I guess Friday before practice, McVay gave you that, well, we'll see about Beckham. You know, we got to get him get him in. Or they're going to have the all these receivers. Now they need, now they need him out there. Then I saw they were originally thinking that eh, maybe he'll just return a couple punts. Yeah. But now he's probably going to be out there. Got to be in there. I mean, the number two behind Cooper Cup or the number three with Van Jefferson. Yeah, I feel like with uh, quarterbacks, you can't just go in and be like, you just get there and start. But a wide receiver, you're running the similar routes. You know what I mean? Yeah. He'll figure it out. Just like running back. To me, running backs is like, look for the hole. Yes. And just go right through it. Good advice in general. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be the play if I was sending it in. Uh, let's hand this one off. Tell a dude to look for the hole. <laughs> look for the hole. Go Take through the ball it. and run. <laughs> <laughs> you go. As soon as you see a little opening. Right. Get in there. Run away from the big guys that are yeah. chasing after you. Get in there. Yeah. Go through and then do your thing That's once right. you get to the and outside. And if we're not handing you the ball, look for guys that are running after the quarterback and try and run into them. Yes. Yes. All right, Zila, let's take a break here. and we come back, let's do more NFL things. I'm looking what else I have mm. here. I have NFL. I've got uh, I've got a crazy thing that happened on Philadelphia Sports Radio. Ooh. And I have a, a reference to Mr. T, as if it's 1981 or 82. Tremendous. Uh, Boomer and Gio at the top, where Gio will tell us how things went at his Mike White tailgate. And how hungover he is this How morning. many beers he had. Yeah. Well, he really went off that diet is. <laughs> he was doing no carbs. 13 beers. Then Friday, we got donuts. 
<laughs> which we all shoved down our faces. <laughs> 13 beers. That was really surprising. Uh. <laughs> that was really surprising, Eddie. Spread out over the course of eight hours, though, right? Right, right. So what's the Give harm? Or take. What's the harm? All right. Uh, let's uh, come back with more fun NFL things from your football Sunday in Boomer and Geo at the top. Welcome back to the warm-up program. My name is Al Dukes. Perhaps you've heard of this show before. Uh, Jerry's not here today. He did play-by-play with his boyhood idol, Danny White, yesterday. That was really surprising. That was surprising when I heard that news A lot of morning. Dallas touchdowns to call. Yes. I have a number of them for us to listen to on the program this morning. With Jerry's- yeah, boy. Yeah. With Jerry's calls? Oh, yeah. That's exciting. Compass Media. Oh, I like that. Let's go. All right. Uh, By the way, there was another WFAN uh, employee personality who did play-by-play of an NFL game yesterday on the radio. Ian Eagle. No. Current. Current current employee, really? Yeah, pseudo, yeah. You want me to tell you now? Paul Dettino. What did he do? He did the Bills broadcast. Really? Their uh, main play-by-play guy was uh, ill, did not travel with the team, so PDOT went over to MetLife, hopped in the booth, and did... uh, did the Bills radio call. Wow. So he, too, had a lot of touchdowns for the, uh, the team other, he was broadcasting. Or the team he, right. Yeah. I wonder if he uh, tried to pretend like he was a Bills fan to the for the people up there in Buffalo. Uh, yes. In the yes. in the calls themselves, I did not detect that at all. Yeah. He had his usual energy and enthusiasm, okay. his professionalism. We'll hear professional. some of that because we can't play the uh, you know, Jet radio calls. Right, so of we'll course Play the not. Bills radio calls okay. with Paul Dettino. Uh, got some reviews on Twitter for the That's Surprising segment. Oh, boy. No, it did not go over well. Didn't go over well. That was really surprising. In fact, I had I'll to, blame myself for that. In fact, I had to tell somebody to uh, bite me. <laughs> so that's how, that, it's not even 6 that's o'clock That's how I responds to the critics. Instead yeah. of taking it and, okay, I'll work with this. We'll yeah. fine-tune things. No. And bite me. I immediately get defensive. Get lost. Yeah, even if I don't believe in it, I will fight for it. Got it. You know, even if I'm not interested in doing it anymore, How were the reviews last week, though, other than your boy Kaplan down the hall? I, I don't think it got much of a reaction oh, last week. Right. So um, one thing I noticed about the NFL now, CeeLo, and this is this year more than ever, legitimately every team is beatable. Every team. Like Pretty there's, much, there's yeah. not a consistent team now. The last remaining one was the Cardinals. Well, right, the, but yes, the injuries, injuries are constant. Yes, but two marquee players in Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins. And Chase Edmonds, their running back on IR as well. It so. makes me it makes me really appreciate and I was one here who would sit here and say bad things about Eli Manning all the time. Mm-hmm. But that dude was in every game, didn't get hurt. Yeah. Same with Brett Favre. Favre. Right? Yeah. Well, that's what the, you know, was unusual for the Seahawks to go through. They went through the last few weeks. And yeah. Wilson got back actually faster than he was supposed to. He never misses a game. It's weird that in this day and age of where you really can't hit the quarterbacks, they get hurt. They get hurt more often. And that's why the calls get softer and softer and softer because they don't want to see the Chris Strevlers and Colt McCoys and Geno Smiths. Running out there. No offense to Mike White. Yeah, I saw that in the uh, Titans-Saints game. Yeah, that was brutal. And that was a game changer. The, oh, God. Uh, they were Trevor mo- Simeon got, like, tapped on the, the no, forehead. No, Ryan Tannehill. Oh, it was Tannehill? Well, maybe Simeon did as well, but there was a crucial oh, yeah, 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 roughing yeah, yeah, yeah. the passer no, right. call that went Tannehill. against the yes, Saints. against the Saints. And then there was a pass interference call a few plays later that set up a Titans touchdown. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with these quarterbacks. Sean Payton, basically, he removed himself from the competition committee this week. 
because he's had constant beef with officials and he just enough is enough. Yeah, and, and then that, they go out this week and again he, his team gets screwed. And I saw them ask him uh, after the game and he would not comment. Yeah, on he it. wasn't going there. Yeah, because no. he knows he's he's just the one that he's doesn't been wanna, down that path too many. Doesn't want to pay any more fines. Right. Uh, last night in the Sunday night football game where Patrick Mahomes threw five a touchdowns. A zillion yards, yeah. <laughs> 35 of 50 for 4 whatever and five F- touchdowns. 50 attempts. Yes, and they ran the ball quite a bit too. So they must they must have run like close to 80 plays. Yeah, Not- they must have had the ball uh, quite a lot. Now, I did see on the internet that uh, for whatever reason, there was a fork on the field. <laughs> in Vegas? In Vegas. Just... I, like a fork. They lined up for a play, and one of the Raiders <laughs> reached down and picked up a fork That's and gave awesome. it to an official. Was it plastic no. or metal? Metal fork. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Well, how would a fork get on the middle of the field? Some angry person, one of those bougie sweets. <laughs> <laughs> they just... Whoosh. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of sweets, I'm sure, at that yeah, new shiny Vegas stadium. There is no way a fork travels that far. You're probably no right. Well, that's why I asked plastic or metal. A metal fork in the middle of the field. <laughs> I don't know, man. Very strange. Need I'm going to get to the bottom of that one. I'm going to need an explanation yeah. from the NFL competition. That was really surprising. That was surprising yeah. me. Uh, that's over with that segment, Celia. We're not doing to, that, that, that anymore. That is really surprising. Uh, today's the final schmooze. Yes. It's one a, to two o'clock, I believe. It's a one to two o'clock schmooze. Yeah. They've promised Jerry Seinfeld. Now, Who's they? Uh, the radio the, the, prom- the promotions people. Oh, Or okay. I've heard it. Um I did hear Schmooze on with Carton and Roberts on Friday, uh-huh. and they asked him how he met Seinfeld. It was a very f- interesting story. He's You've never heard the story? No, I'd never heard the story. It's that a grocery he, store, right? A bodega, as he bodega, explained it in right. New York yes, City. Yes. Uh, Steve Summers said he went out at 1.30 in the morning yeah. to grab ice cream and went to a bodega and saw Jerry with George Wallace, another comedian, in the cereal aisle. Yeah basically an episode of Seinfeld. That's what it is. <laughs> and then he handed Jerry his business card. Because Jerry, he said when he first walked over to Jerry, Jerry didn't even look up. You know, he's just like, oh, God, this another one of these wackos. And Steve's in sweatpants looking crazy. Sure. And then he saw it was his card, and he said, oh, I'm a fan of, of the show and of the radio station. Now, I couldn't figure out the timing on it because Steve said that when he handed the card to Seinfeld, he says, I work at a brand new radio station. And FAN started before the Seinfeld TV show, which is strange to me. So I couldn't figure out, was the Seinfeld show on TV or was he just going up to Jerry as a stand-up comedian that we would see on Letterman in the Tonight Show? I'd be very, no, and I don't want to speak for Steve. I'm not knocking him in any way, shape, or form. I'd be very surprised if Steve Summers was up on Jerry Seinfeld's stand-up comedy (laughs) prior to Seinfeld. You know what, though? To be fair, I, I maybe you know he what? was. I don't want to say too much because I forget what I've heard off the air and on the air. But never right, mind. I'm just not going to go there. I was saddened to listen to the schmoozer stuff. The his the, yeah. the show or like the coverage of it. The coverage of it. Like I listened to what I did was uh well I heard him on Carton and Roberts, which was interesting. Mm-hmm. Although Craig, I think I feel like Craig was getting this signal in his head that this is boring. Move on. He kept like trying to move it along, and I was actually. <laughs> interested in it but then i Craig trying to move something along (laughs) but then i realized i think they were up against they were probably i think they were way behind on breaks. what time was this this is in the six o'clock hour oh yeah 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 yeah. but wait they were behind on break i was really (laughs) surprised (laughs) (laughs) 
I I like, the best is when they during baseball season you go into the you know Yankees coverage. It's a hard hit with the network with affiliates. Don't worry, we'll figure it out. Right. They'll be fine. We'll don't figure worry it out. About right. it. Yeah. yeah. So I felt like he was trying to move Steve along. Yeah. Um, and then on Saturday morning when I woke up, FAN did a really great job on social media with playing like uh, Steve's intro. Uh, guy Stu from the Jersey Shore wrote a uh, "Twas the Night Before Christmas" thing about Steve. It was really, it was good. I mentioned Eddie Scazzari. I heard Eddie Scazzari's name mentioned a bunch of times. The Eddie Scazzari. The Eddie Scazzari. Yes. So it was, uh, it was sad to me. like, and and I didn't even listen to Fan or Steve. I'm not sure I've heard a Steve Summers ever more than uh, thirty minutes at a time. Okay, and maybe thirty minutes a year. <laughs> and I was still had radio nostalgia. Well, of course. For man's a legend. Yeah, but it was also about for about radio for me also. Yeah. Just about like how the how things change in in the business and that sort of thing. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So I was kind of saddened to see I mean, the stuff. Yeah, there's it's not a a fun happy occasion I don't think. Yeah. And just like he's an older gentleman now, you know, th- 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 and he and he and he loves it. It's not yeah. like you know we've had people that have retired and gone because they're ready to move on and go do something it's like, else. Oh, thank and, God, you know that this is this has just been such a huge part of what he does. Yeah, and I, again, I don't want to speak for him, but I don't get the sense he's just like, yes, can't wait to be done and get out of here and you know yeah. go off into retirement and do whatever no. they want to do. So, but things you know. do need to change. Oh, from that standpoint, of you course, know, I get it. Things need to what? evolve. <laughs> that sort of thing. Yeah. I don't know. It was just sad. It was a, cause it harkened back to a time when, uh, when radio was like the almighty, like that you could walk into a bodega at one thirty, meet Jerry Seinfeld and he knows who you are. Yes. From the radio. And you think that's a nostalgia radio thing to see to yeah. me? That seems that's like a, a very radio. unique, isolated situation that Seinfeld would be up on that. Like I guess what I'm saying is, is if it wasn't Steve Summers, that was the guy from the family. Like if it was fill in any other name, do you think? So? Like I, I feel like Steve connected with Jerry somehow. I see with the way in which he presented his program, the right. monologues, the Met fandom. I, I always think, got the sense that that was that's what that connection was. Maybe also, I'm wrong about. I that. also think whenever these guys retire, after how many hours they've done of shows. It's an overwhelming number. The years. Yes, it is. All right. We got to get to an Odyssey Sports Minute. It's brought to you by Route 22 Toyota in Hillside, New Jersey. And here is our pal Amy Lawrence with the NFL Week 10 Takeaways. Takeaways. Is this like that surprise? I was really surprised. It's the dynamic duo of Al and Jerry, the superheroes of WFAN. Well, the Jets lost. The Mike White era is over. And uh, we got uh, Rams. Scissors, not a fork on the field last night in Vegas, Al. Yeah, I heard you say that. I'm still considering it was a fork on the field. It's no fun if it's scissors that are supposed to cut tape and that sort of thing. It's funnier if there's just a fork. We try to be accurate here. In the middle of the field. So tonight, uh, CeeLo, Rams-Niners. That's a three and a half point spread over under 50. You want my pick? Yeah, where would you go with that? If I'll you had to Rams. do a same game parlay, Rams over. Yeah, that's what I would do. Mm. I did the Jets. I took the Bills and the over yesterday. I won that. Nicely done. It was the only one I won. So the late garbage time Joe yeah. Flacco touchdown helped you out <laughs> a little bit, didn't it? Uh, the first Jets touchdown put it over the 47 and a half. Okay. Very good. And so, yeah, they did. The, yeah. 
It's no wonder you're chipper moves. I was this a little morning. chipper moves. You know, the Jets got blown out. You profited. Uh, barely, barely, because I made other bets. You know, I, I do these silly. Uh, I do these uh, those low risk, high reward bets where yeah. like you pick because the week before it worked out, I took the the uh, Jaguars and the the someones. <laughs> so what so else you, what, you go like, you know, two and seven yeah. and you break even pretty much. <laughs> That's what we're looking at. That's right. Got it. And I have a good day for myself while I'm watching the Red Zone channel. Whatever works. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. WFAN and WFAN-FM and HD1 New York. An Odyssey station.